We're going to get started in a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a new episode of the Dance Hole Pitch Podcast. We're going to get started real soon. Welcome again, ladies and gentlemen, to a new episode of the Dance Hole Pitch Podcast. I am your host for today, Charles Danso. I want to welcome those tuning in from Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as our YouTube viewers. Make sure to subscribe to this episode. Just don't watch it. Like it. Subscribe. This is a dance old pitch. Make sure you follow us on the platforms as mentioned. Again, I'm your host for today, Charles Danso. Thank you guys for tuning in. So let's get started on today's episode. Something big has been going on this week. If you've been following the news, especially the financial news, you've heard Elon Musk, the, the notorious, rebellious, that's what I call him, the notorious and rebellious billionaire, because he says what he wants and he does what he wants to. Everybody always questions what the hell he's doing until he does it. And then they're like, all right, he, 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 you can't fuck with him. So basically, what he decided to do now has been something that's been ongoing. And he's been trying to actually buy out Twitter. And he successfully did it. Twitter actually approved him actually purchasing the, the social media giant. And now he's actually going to be the owner of Twitter. Now, this sent shockwaves throughout the world particularly people in the financial markets, because they're like, here's a guy that's building the automobile industry to his company, Tesla, as well as space exploration. So why would he want to transition into buying a news, a social media news company? Well, we're going to get into that. But first, what I want to start with is giving you guys that's listening and watching this a little bit of a history of Twitter. How did hit, how did Twitter actually come about? And why is it that Elon Musk now wants to actually purchase it? I'm going to give you guys my thoughts, going to share my thoughts with you guys. I want you guys, as you're listening, to maybe, you know, give some comments where you see fit in terms of maybe what is your perspective as well? What do you think Elon Musk's ultimate goal is by purchasing Twitter? So let's first start by giving a brief history of Twitter. Twitter emerged from, a, from the podcast venture originally audio which was founded in 2004 by Evan Williams, Biz Stone, and Noah Glass. Williams and Stone previously worked at Google, and Williams has created the popular web authorizing tool Blogger, for those that may be familiar with that tool. That was created by one of the actually founding members of Twitter. Apple announced in 2005 it would add podcasts to its digital media application iTunes, and audio's leadership felt that the company could not compete with Apple obviously, and the new direction was needed. Audio's employees at the time were asked about an interesting side projects they had, and there was an engineer at the time that worked for this company named Jack Dorsey, for those that obviously are familiar, he's one of the co-founders of Twitter, that proposed a short message, an SMS, on which one could send and share small blog-like updates with friends. Glass proposed the name Twitter at the time. Dorsey sent he the first tweet just setting up my Twitter on March 21st of 2006 and the completed version of Twitter was debuted on July of 2006 just a few months after seeing a future for the product in October 2006 William Stone and Dorsey eventually ended up buying out audio and started Obvious Corp to further develop it so what that basically means is Dorsey, Williams, and Stone came together and they're like, look, we're working for this company. 
we have all the tools. We know what the hell we're doing. We're just going to put money together. We're going to get some VCs, venture capitalists. These are people that give funding towards small startups, businesses. And what they did was they came together, were able to acquiesce the money, and then they actually ended up buying out the same company that they were working for and ended up changing the name from Audio to Obvious Corp to further develop it. It, it, it Interest in the platform, excuse me, sharply, inc- sharply increased after it was presented at the South by Southwest Music and Technology Conference in Austin, Texas in March of 2007. The following month, Twitter Inc. was created as a corporate entity thanks to an infusion of venture capital, like I mentioned, and Dorsey became Twitter's first CEO. Obviously, there was a few things that happened thereafter. Dorsey ended up leaving, coming back, similar to what Steve uh, Steve Jobs did with Apple. Uh, there was a whole history of that, but I'll let you guys look through Wikipedia and all these other channels that you guys look at for the history of all these companies and startups. What I basically wanted to kind of just introduce for you guys was give a brief history as to how Twitter actually started. Why was it started? What was the reasoning of them actually wanting to get started in the social media realm? And who was the idea, the idea, the creator behind it? Obviously, it was Jack Dorsey as one of the main engineers behind Twitter. And he had the vision, but he obviously had William Stone and, you know, as his as his partners. That's why they always mention that Jack Dorsey is the co-founder. So that means he's one of the founders, but not the sole founder of Twitter. That's very important to note. So transitioning into a little bit of why do we consider Twitter a new source? That's going to be very key as to why I believe Elon Musk actually wanted to purchase Twitter in the first place and why you have individuals like Jeff Bezos with Washington Post and various other tech giants that I think you're going to see in the near future or technology-based giants. So these are the people that kind of are the richest individuals, such as the Bill Gates of the world, Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, actually leaning in more on on the new social media news realm, as opposed to maybe the other companies that they have also. So transitioning from novelty to news source. So how why was Twitter actually considered a news source? Twitter's social networking roots were obvious in April of 2009. Excuse me. When Ashton, Ashton Kutcher, Kutcher excuse me, emerged as the victor in a race with CNN to become the first twit, Twitterer excuse me, to collect more than a million followers. While celebrity e Watching remained a significant draw to the service. Businesses soon began sending tweets about promotions and events, and political campaigns discovered the value of Twitter as a communication tool. So, what does that exactly mean, audience? What that means is when in April of 2009, Ashton Kutcher was actually one of the main celebrities that actually used social media as a marketing tool. So now you look at the individuals such as the Kardashians of the world. You have Cristiano Ronaldo in sports as well as LeBron and all these various celebrity uh, individuals that actually promote their businesses and brands through social media. Ashton Kutcher was one of the first individuals through the various companies he's invested in to actually promote his businesses through Twitter and actually gain a following of, of, of a million people. So when News outlets such as CNN, such as Fox, and various other news outlets saw this, that you can actually, and other small businesses and big corporations saw like, hey, 
we can actually use Twitter to actually promote our businesses or give live updates of upcoming products, maybe services that we may be doing. This was one of the first individuals. They followed the celebrity status of Ashton Critcher to kind of lean on. So this is why you see, example, in the 2008 uh, campaign, that's why Barack Obama kind of leaned in on that and his team. They kind of leaned in on the social media presence and that kind of gained notoriety for who this guy was. Because, yeah, if you were following news outlets, you were familiar with Obama, but his presence wasn't widely known across the nation and in some parts of the world. But with social media gaining traction, his team was creative enough to utilize, example, like his campaigns, updates that he had through Twitter, a social media channel. Now, obviously, people, some people will coin and think uh, Trump was one of the first people to really like go in on that. But no, it was Obama, actually. And that's not me necessarily being a supporter or not a supporter of Obama, but that's just facts. So if you look at it, again, that's why a lot of now you have a lot of political figures utilizing social media. You have Hillary Clinton, you have Biden, Obama, you have other people um, through the other parties, like I mentioned, Trump, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, that utilize social media to kind of promote their campaigns, give updates as to what they're doing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Because of the fact Twitter was one of the main components in starting this, obviously you have other comp people like Facebook and so forth, but Twitter was the, the main news live update Feed that you can kind of update a lot of what you're doing through these political and obviously business uh, updates that you have in promotion, so to speak. So I kind of gave you guys a brief history of Twitter. I gave you guys why uh, now Twitter is kind of considered a novelty of a new sorts in terms of promotions, in terms of giving live updates of your product services. If you're a business owner, I definitely recommend utilizing Twitter um, because of the fact, like I mentioned, if you have a product, you have something that is coming out like a service that you want to utilize, I think leaning in on Twitter is very key for you because of the fact, again, Twitter is something that you, you, you have a short list of characters, but with those characters, you can kind of just update, give, you know, like I mentioned, just quick updates on certain things that you have coming out. And obviously as a business owner or even some type of brand that you have, if you're an event planner, you, you know, you're a host whatever the case is, you want to lean in on Twitter because again, Twitter is something that you can utilize to just give, you know, anything that you have. If you have something that you have coming out, somebody you're looking to connect with, maybe sometimes you can add them. You can, much like LinkedIn, you can actually comment under their post. Sometimes they're, they're privy to respond. Like there's a few people that I don't, obviously there are celebrity based that I've actually utilized uh, my company, Dancehall Solutions, through why I actually respond to them directly and they may like the tweet, retweet it. And that just gives more promotion to you because some people will see it. They'll be like, hey, who's this guy that's running Dancel Solutions? They may not know who your company is, but the fact that they saw like example, uh, Kim Kardashian retweeted me just because she liked the comment or something that I posted about maybe a product that she had. Now they, there's people that's going to like your post and ultimately want to know more about you because they saw their favorite celebrity actually retweeted or liked uh, a comment that you made. So that's very important to utilize Twitter as a social source. Now let's transition into the main topic. So as mentioned, as you guys may all be well and privy to by now, Elon Musk purchased Twitter and Twitter approved it. So let's give a little quick briefing as to how this happened. The company announced on Monday, that's Twitter, that it accepted the Tesla CEO's $44 million bid 
to take the company private. How might Musk wield that power, though? Here are some proposals Twitter has floated. So basically, what I want to kind of give you guys an idea of, for those that may be watching and or listening, is what ideas maybe that Elon Musk might have now that he's actually going to be at the head of Twitter. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean what I'm saying is necessarily true. He may go a whole different route. So don't take my word as law, so to speak, because, again, I don't know Elon Musk. And he seems like a guy that kind of does things off a whim. Like, you know, if he just wakes up one day, he's like, hey, I want to take it this route. He can ultimately do that. Obviously, he's he runs the shit now or going to run the shit. So end of the day, running that company, he's ultimately going to have the final say, so to speak, obviously, as he works with, you know, uh, his team and so forth. But again, like I said, I just want to brief everyone that's listening on certain ideas that Elon Musk might have now that he's going to be running or be at the head of Twitter. The first one is loosen up content rules in the name of free speech. Now, this is something Elon Musk has been saying for some time now. He feels like certain posts that certain people may post. Um, obviously, Twitter used to, at, at a certain time, kind of block the person or restrict the person, most notably Trump. That's one of the main people that obviously got removed because, quote unquote, hate speech uh, that Twitter kind of mentioned that he was doing. Now, not necessarily that I agree or disagree with that aspect. Obviously, I, I'm going to be honest. Yes, Trump, a lot of things that he says, you know, he can be funny at times, but sometimes, you know, obviously he's very hurtful. Sometimes a lot of things that he says is, you know, people take certain people that follow him really take that as law. So that's very dangerous, especially if it's something that he may not necessarily be serious about, but he's just saying, just saying it just to uh, create controversy, so to speak. So Twitter had that aspect of blocking it, but Elon Musk feels that again, that's, going against free speech. If you have something that you want to say, you go ahead and say it. But there's more to it. So the Tesla and SpaceX CEO describes himself as mentioned as a free speech abolitionist. So that kind of just means like, again, he's someone that should be entitled, well, not necessarily entitled, but should have the privilege of being able to express how he feels and other people being on that social media platform and has criticized what he sees as excess moderation on online platforms. So I'm not, I don't necessarily need to go into that because again, I just mentioned that to you guys. So basically, as mentioned, he, he noted to these beliefs in his statement announcing the purchase by saying that free speech is the bedrock of a functioning democracy. And Twitter is the digital town square where matters vital to the future of humanity are debated. So that basically means he looks at Twitter as a place where you can come express your thoughts freely and you shouldn't have to be criticized for doing so now the alternative aspect of it is like i mentioned we know what happened when trump was in office and everything that happened at the capitol i don't necessarily need to get into that everyone that's watching and listening to this is well aware of what exactly i'm talking about now as someone alternatively that may be working with uh like elon musk like i mentioned and everything else you can look at it like hey yes You can have free speech, but you want to look at it in a way where that person isn't necessarily saying something that's going to harm somebody or put harm to people or a place, so to speak. So I believe that that is going to be one of the main ideas that Elon Musk is going to try to portray to his team and the board, so to speak, whatever, whoever that may be. 
but ultimately what he, his team or he maybe even he himself he may put something like a trigger on it so if you're going to say hey i'm going to go example blow up this place then it won't actually allow you to send it but if you're saying something like hey i feel like this political party or this person isn't somebody i agree with because x y and z then he may allow that so that's very important to note don't think just because he's saying that hey you can have free speech that necessarily means that you can actually put hate crimes out there because i do believe that and obviously he's not trying to mess up his his pockets by doing something like that so i do believe there's going to be something like a trigger in place like if you're going to put something that could be dangerous or harming to individuals then he's going to actually block that or twitter the tweet wouldn't actually be allowed to go out so again let's kind of moving forward Musk has argued that social networks should not remove comments that, while offensive, are still legal. So like I mentioned, if you're taking a shot at somebody, um, like I mentioned, Trump has done that notably, uh, calling Joe Biden Sleepy Joe or <laughs> just so many. Uh, he calls, uh, I think, Pocahontas for Elizabeth Warren or whatever the case. So certain comments like that, though funny and could be hurtful in some aspects, I believe that Elon Musk is saying, hey, uh, someone like him should be able to post something like that uh, and not necessarily be criticized for it. So that's kind of what uh, he's basically saying. So Twitter currently bans harassment, abuse, and posts that wish physical harm to someone. The platform has other uh, guardrails too, like a prohibition of misinformation related to COVID-19. So this has been ongoing and still ongoing. Everybody thinks they're a doctor out there, especially during this pandemic. Even though we are kind of coming out of it, please remember that we are still in a pandemic. People still are catching COVID. It is still rapid out here. So don't think you could just go into settings and not necessarily protect yourself. But everybody, especially during the pandemic at its highest, thought that they were a doctor. They'll tell you certain things to drink, certain things that they felt like the mask doesn't necessarily protect you from. Why not actually listening to the professionals? And Twitter actually banned that because, again, people out there are a lot of times are loyalists, aka followers. So they actually take a lot of people's uh, thing at, at, at the head. So example, I'm not picking on Trump, but when he was like, drink bleach, and then some people were actually like, not necessarily, were actually trying to do stuff like that, getting sick or even, even possibly dying uh, just by following something stupid like that. So obviously just use your common sense, but obviously Twitter blocks that because they understand that, yes, there are people out there that will follow something like that or will listen to people that call themselves, quote unquote, so-called experts. So that's very important. So um, they are also uh, they also worry relaxing the rules on Twitter will empower those looking to exploit the platform by spreading misinformation. I just mentioned that or flat out lies about political events, government officials and matter related to public health and safety. So if Elon Musk at the helm, his idea basically is a summary is. He's saying that, hey, I'm looking at it like if you're going to basically comment on certain things, you should be allowed to do it uh, without actually facing repercussions. Now, I like I mentioned, I don't think it's going to be a full out thing where if somebody's saying that I'm going to kill you or do this or that, obviously that's going to be banned. And obviously he's smart enough to understand that. But I think he's just necessarily looking at it like if you're like the Sleepy Joe comment, like I mentioned in certain aspects like that that it should be allowed without having to face repercussions. So that's important. Now, one of the things that a lot of people have mentioned, and he's also aware of obviously being an avid Twitter user, is create and edit 
it create an edit button so users can change their tweets. Now, why is that important? Let's say back in the day you were thought it was a joke and then you were like, hey, um, I think that working for Apple is stupid because there's a bunch of herbs out there. And as a result, let's say you ended up getting interviewed by Apple and then let's say they somebody just was like, let me look at this guy's social media. So they go on your Twitter from back in the day and they see that this post that you were making fun of Twitter employees and basically saying that a bunch of people that work at, oh, sorry, uh, Apple employees and working at Apple, that means you're a herb. And as a result, maybe they looked at it like, is this how, what this guy really thinks of this company and you didn't get a job? So that's one of the examples out of many I can use. A lot of people made racial comments back then as well and or make, made a racist comment and maybe they're trying to clean it up. Alternatively, I can look I can look at the edit, the create and edit button as a positive and negative. Let me kind of explain. Elon Musk has said he supports letting people change what their tweets say. A proposal that has stirred a heated debate among academics, journalists, and other heavy users of the platform. Now, I purposely use those two examples, audience that's listening and watching this, as a great example. What do I mean? If you were immature and you made a comment about a job or people working at a certain job that maybe you eventually ended up interviewing for years down the line, you should be able to edit and or remove those type of tweets because of the fact, again, we're all been young. We all make mistakes. So, you know, as a result, we shouldn't be necessarily penalized for that for the rest of our lives. So I think in that aspect, there could be good in that. The negative is, again, if you're a closet racist, as they say, quote unquote, if you're someone that is racist and you make a racial comment online or you're make a sexist comment online and that's how you really feel, that's how you ultimately believe wholeheartedly in, I don't believe that the edit button would be a benefit because at the end of the day, you're hiding in the shadows when what you said should be brought to the light because that's how you really feel. So what does that mean? That means that if you work with this person, this person could be your actual racist. This person could be a sexist. You wouldn't know that if this person is, puts a tweet out there and can easily delete that um, just because of the fact that he wants to make a comment in the heat of the moment or he or she, whatever the case is, is important. So that's why academics, journalists are kind of debating it because there's two sides of the coin to that. Obviously, we all make mistakes. So again, we shouldn't. the edit button could be used as a positive where if you made a comment out there, maybe related to a job, maybe related to a person, you kind of matured over time and you're like, hey, I know the error of my ways. That edit button could be used as a benefit. The negative is for the people out there uh, that make the bad comments, have bad beliefs. Um, and if they're edited and hiding in the shadows, they should be brought to light. So that's kind of the debate right now with the create and edit button, like I mentioned. So that's very important. Um, but... Elon Musk did mention in the recent TED Talks that he will create safeguards. I don't know what that looks like. Obviously, like I mentioned, I'm not Elon Musk and his team to really know, but I'm sure um, the guy hasn't been proven wrong based off of his, his track record of company building. So I'm sure he'll put something in place that will allow you, if you are going to make a racist, sexist comment, that that actually stays on as opposed to maybe you know, a comment that you're making a shot at somebody working at a certain place that you kind of grow up and realize like, damn, I shouldn't have made that comment or something like that. That's important. So let's continue.
The next piece that is really key is open Twitter's algorithm to the public. So what does that mean, audience? Musk has said that the software that determines what people see and how Wiley content spreads on Twitter should be cracked open. He supports placing Twitter's algorithm on GitHub, a site popular with programmers for sharing computer code. So audience, what exactly does that mean? For instance, if you're on Instagram and you follow food, certain foods or restaurants out there in the world, and let's say you go on Instagram the next day and you notice that through all your searches, it's just famous restaurants. Let's say you follow IG models or whatever the case that you do. And then that's kind of what now when you go into search or followers are now IG models or influencers, as they say. So that's what he wants to do with Twitter. That just means that kind of your most searched things, that becomes what you ultimately follow or what the algorithms move towards. Is example, like if you're following foods, if you're following sports figures, if you're a follower and influencers, that's kind of what your search tool or who your followers primarily will lean towards. Why would that be important? Because that kind of allows uh, you to kind of real, like, you know, see what exactly you follow the most. What are you interested in? That's what Elon Musk is basically trying to say with these algorithms. He's trying to see that, hey, if this person follows this thing, for X amount of time, he or she should have the, the possibility to see other components in that same realm. So meaning, like I mentioned, if, you, if you're if you a co food connoisseur, you travel a lot, you want to see different type of restaurants, you should be able to see that in your search when you open it up the next day or the next hour um, as just different restaurants spread out across the world that you can kind of go to visit. That's what he wants to kind of open these algorithms to. While some advocates, though, of more transparency as social media companies say that that could be a step towards greater openness. Like I mentioned, others say revealing Twitter's dense and complicated algorithm to the public will accomplish very little. Furthermore, allowing anyone to see Twitter's algorithm could give spammers, spammers and malicious actors a way to exploit the system. So that just means bots. So like you see on Instagram, a lot of times you have a lot of bots that follow you, a lot of scammers. These people that are like, oh, I can turn $100 to 20000 for you in an hour or a day, whatever the case they say. That's kind of what the negative downside a lot of these academics and advocates are kind of saying. So I think, like I mentioned, Elon Musk has mentioned many times he's not a fan of bots. Uh, so I'm pretty sure he's going to create an algorithm or a code, so to speak, that can block the bots. Ultimately, that would be great um, because clearly Elon uh not Elon Musk. Um, Mark Zuckerberg has now figured that out, and the head of Twitter, uh, Instagram, excuse me. So it's important to note that the bots are still out there for IG, but ultimately Elon Musk is trying to figure out a way to kind of cancel that out, as well as scammers, spammers, as they say, whatever the case is. But I think that is interesting, opening up an algorithm to the public that kind of allows you to see the most searched things that you have. And have that as a natural following that would be nice because again i think a benefit to that is like i mentioned if you are someone that is interested in maybe traveling maybe um you know following certain health and fitness experts to just get better in terms of uh, health wise i think that's going to be key if you're meant you know mentally if you want to follow therapists certain therapists out there if you're looking to just mentally be more focused more 
you know, uh, re re reassured of yourself, whatever you can have different people that you can follow and or that can help you out. So that's just very key. I think there's a benefit and negative in that. But ultimately, like I mentioned, I think with the bots and scammers, Elon Musk did recently mention that he is going to help create a code in place that's going to actually block them. Would that be successful? Who knows? Because hackers nowadays are just getting more creative. So it, it's, it's really up in the air. But I do believe that he's going to at least try to do something that can kind of benefit that in that regard. Um, and that's kind of transition to what I just mentioned. Launch a war on bot armies. So combating the proliferation of bots on Twitter, fake accounts that are programmed to respond to tweets on certain topics is another change must favors. I just mentioned that. Must business empire has been known to attract its fair share of bots, including bots supportive of his electric car company, Tesla, that attack Musk's critics. He has not said he would like to temper those kind of bots fully, but he has suggested that there should be a crackdown on scummy bots promoting cryptocurrency hustles and other things of that nature. Like Musk, uh, Musk mentions, if our Twitter bid succeeds, we will defeat the spam bots or die trying. That's what he tweeted last week. So it's like I mentioned, he wants to authenticate the real actual people from the fake ones. So that would be very cool. Um, and the last piece that I believe is scrap advertisements. Right now, about 90% of Twitter's revenue comes from advertising. That is very true. But the company has struggled to attract advertisers to the platform, which often dev dev devolves into political firestorms and ugly online brawls. With the company going private now, it will not be under the same pressure from shareholders to continually grow advertising revenue. Musk has said it should move to a subscription model. Apple has tried this. Um, he's not the first to think of this. Apple currently is in place to do that uh, with the subscriptions through his Apple uh, TV, all that example, example. There's other companies that follow this. So I think uh, he's on the right track because, like I mentioned, this isn't the first uh, time that this has been thought of. Um, I think this is actually something that could be uh, beneficial down the line. Twitter has already taken some steps in the direction with the introduction last year of Twitter Blue, a premium service that costs $2.99 a month for addition features like an undo button that allows for tweets to be recalled before they are sent. So it's much similar to like an email when you can actually recall it before um, you know the person actually receives it. You can do the same with, tweet, with tweets. Musk has said blue should not should be cheaper um, from $2.99. Maybe I'm sure he's going to charge it to maybe $99 a month. Let's see. But that if people are paying, they shouldn't have to see advertisements that are cryptocurrency that are started as a joke. Dogecoin should be an acceptable form of payment for a Twitter subscription. Like I mentioned, Elon Musk and all these billionaires, wealthy individuals, they do things for a reason. Remember with that whole Dogecoin situation when he was promoting that through Twitter and how Dogecoin was shooting up the cryptocurrency? And now he's actually proposing that's going to be a form of payment for this Twitter blue, that feature that's in place. So remember, all these things that these wealthy individuals, uh, business owners do, it's not by coincidence. He does that on purpose. Even, there, even there's truth in the joke, as they say. So that's very important to know. So I think a lot of the stuff that he's doing with the promotions and stuff like that is all something that he has coming into works based on something he may be planning to do. So like I mentioned, is he creating a monopoly? That's been the question a lot of people have asked. So basically that means he controls everything fully 
um, without any type of uh, question. And uh, just as a side note, audience, for those watching and listening to this, I do believe Congress is going to call him in the months ahead, much like they've done all these other tech giants to kind of just ask because they don't know what the hell is going on. They want to find out more. And Elon Musk will give them the runaround like all these other people have done from Apple down. So that's just important. So like I mentioned, um, I, what, what do I see in all this? Like I mentioned, I don't, I can't say it because like I said, Elon Musk is someone that does things on the fly. He can wake up one day and say, hey, I, I want to do this as opposed to this. Would not shock me if you, that's his mentality. I've seen him do, do certain things like that just based off of Tesla, SpaceX, even PayPal and Zip2 when he started those companies. So that's just important. But I do believe he is trying to get Twitter in the right direction from removing the bots, from giving people the ability to kind of speak freely to an extent. Um, also, you know, scrap the advertisements that don't necessarily put any type of, um, you know, good things out there. And, you know, there's so many things that, you know, that you can do with Twitter. Twitter has become one of the main social media news outlets. Um, just to share your thoughts on in a quick format, character format, I think it's 250 characters. I could be wrong. But again, like I mentioned, you can share your thoughts, promote your business, promote your brand. Um, connect with individuals that you wouldn't on a regular basis, just you know, by commenting under their post or et cetera, et cetera. So these are all features that Twitter can be beneficial to. A lot of uh, celebrity following, political uh, you know, heads and so forth use Twitter as a main promotional feature. So there's a lot of ability in that. Like I mentioned, Elon Musk is an interesting guy. Um, I do believe that, like I mentioned, his ideas are interesting because of the fact he's trying to improve on something that he sees as a negative. There's no harm in that. Like I mentioned, Twitter to me is a tool that can be beneficial, even more beneficial based on the things I just mentioned in this episode. So like I mentioned, I do believe that the things I mentioned will be certain things that he will be implementing and maybe even more, like I mentioned, maybe having similar to uh, a clubhouse where you can have actual open dialogue with a lot of celebrities in a chat room. I think that's something that he may be open to. I could be wrong. Uh, that's something I didn't include, but I think that's an interesting feature to have is like I mentioned, you connect with people that you wouldn't on a regular basis or even make it like a LinkedIn where as not necessarily you connecting through jobs per se, but you know, you can maybe at a company, maybe a, a HR rep or something like that. Um, that may work for the company that posts a tweet out there or something like that. And you can hit that person up directly. There's so many things you can do. Um, but like I mentioned, Twitter is an interesting social media presence. Uh, and I'm excited for the future. I do think that, like I said, and obviously Jack Dorsey and them endorsed them. Um, obviously, there's a money play behind that. But I do believe that he does, like I mentioned, based on Elon Musk's track record, I do believe that the Twitter heads do believe that he can take the company further um, than where it's at currently right now. Obviously, there was a drop in share price or stock price this um, this week or past week, uh, only because, again, the company is going private. And with the uncertainty of the new CEO, um, obviously, there's always speculation from Wall Street. But that doesn't necessarily mean not to be an investor in the company or look at the company as a positive down the line. Um, like I mentioned, guys, what are your thoughts? Um, comment, share, like today's episode. I want to hear what you guys think. Do you think Elon Musk is the right guy for the job? Do you think that Twitter is going to go in the right direction based on what I kind of mentioned? Share, like, 
uh, subscribe to this episode. Again, this is Elon Takes Twitter. This is the Dan So Pitch. Again, we're on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. And that is D-A-N-S-O-P-I-T-C-H. That's the Dan So Pitch on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and YouTube. Again, I am Charles Danso. Thank you for you guys for listening to this week's episode. Hope you guys have a great week. Stay safe, and I'll catch you on you, you guys in the next 